from regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you can save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodderand. Joining me today, as always, is Armand Kafai and Jake Watroba. And on today's episode, we break down the Western Conference playoffs. Come back later this week. We talk about the Eastern Conference playoffs. And listeners, this is episode 100 or 150. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review and follow us at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Send in your comments and thoughts. We want to hear them. Jake Armand, welcome, welcome. We are finally here. MLS playoffs. We're talking about the Western Conference. And before we even get to the Western Conference, it is a new MLS format. We added a new team to the playoffs for each conference. We only gave one bye. Now we have single game elimination. Plain and simple. We're getting straight to it. Jake, how excited are you for this new format? I mean, I guess it should make things more interesting and provide for more upsets. I know the the one gripe with the previous format was road teams in that first leg seemed to really embrace bunker ball more. But I don't think that's going to change with this format. I think you're still going to see the New England Revolution on Saturday going to Atlanta and bunker down and, and try to win a one-game uh, knockout round or, or you know, a one-game playoff 1-0. One you know, I, it, it'll be interesting to see if this format does anything in terms of excitement or, or whatnot. I, I don't think it personally will. I think you're going to see more of the same. I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. Uh, from watching the uh, knockout round games last year, I mean, I know they were midweek, and it kind of sucked that they were midweek. Uh, it, it was really fun. I mean, that Columbus Crew DC United game last year was obviously a really good atmosphere, really fun. You know, one off. Uh, I didn't like the double eliminate or the d- two legs. I thought they were giving a little bit too much advantage to a lower seed and diminishing the value of the regular season. But I think this single elimination should be a lot more fun. A little bit of a quick turnaround from this weekend to the next uh, round of games, but I think it should be fun and exciting. 
But I think Jake might be right as well in terms of a little bit of some bunker ball uh, being involved. But I'm excited. I mean, I can't be complaining about anything. But one gripe we had in the green room, fellas, was the fact that Minnesota United and LA Galaxy, arguably the biggest game of the weekend, is put up. It is matched up against Sunday Night Football, and that is the Dallas Cowboys, one of the biggest teams in America against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. I, I, I personally don't have a problem with it. Jake, you think the league could have done a better job of scheduling some of these games. Yeah, I think they could have pushed Union Red Bulls and United Galaxy back two hours. And you wouldn't have this conundrum of United Galaxy going up against arguably what might be the most watched regular season football game this year between the Cowboys and Eagles. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know. Don't, sorry. Don't, I know. Wow. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. My bad. <laughs> no, I apologize. I forgot. This here. is not. This is Patriots not. Fan. There's no chance that this is the biggest game of the season. I'm sorry. We're not talking about the NFL. Uh, Besides probably, the point. You it's might probably, be. It's probably Cowboys-Giants, actually, if yes, the Giants okay. are competitive in one, two weeks or there whatever. You the Cowboys there you go. Now, but this now we're talking logic. Biggest. I can tell you it's not any game involving the Chargers or the Rams because no one in L.A. gives a flying you-know-what about the Chargers or Rams. So, anyway, my point being is this game should have been moved. The both These two matches should have been moved two hours earlier in the day, and you wouldn't have had this, uh, this fight for eyes, if you will, or viewers, if you're MLS. I mean, Armand, you're the Cowboys fan here. Are you going to be glued to United Galaxy, or are you going to be stuck in this awkward dance of, I got to flip back and forth? Can I add another wrinkle to this, by the way? Sure. Yankees-Astros Game 7 scheduled for Sunday night. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing that dance, uh, I think, for lack of a better word. I think it's a little bit of a tango between uh, ESPN and uh, NBC. But uh, I have a uh, quick theory. Uh, I don't know how accurate this is or anything. But this might have to do with the um, the college football games being played the day before. Maybe they have to have a certain amount of time between games to get the field ready. Something like that. I don't know. I'm just thinking why they would schedule a game directly with Sunday Night Football. It doesn't seem ideal uh, to that, do so. But I, I assume I assume those markets, may, may, maybe Minnesota and the L.A. markets, well, maybe the L.A. market will, but maybe Minnesota are already focused on uh, Cowboys, Philadelphia. But I think that field – you know, preparing the field because the field's gonna get beat up with football, and then you're gonna you'd have less than 24 hours if they moved it up to like let's say one uh, to actually get it ready and prepared for the game. So that could which be which team is playing play on the football field? Oh, well, we have the uh, St. John Johnnies and the St. Thomas Tommies <laughs> playing in a. Are there, is that their actual is like that logo? The actual like, name? Johnnies? That, I believe that is the actual names in a Mayak wow. Division Three collision. Uh, the last, I believe this is the second to last time the two teams, this is like one of the most like storied rivalries in college football. Um, I believe this is like one of the last times they're going to play because you're not going to believe this, but the conference St. Thomas plays and kick them out because they win too much. So this, this game is big wow. enough that college game day came to Minneapolis a couple of years ago to quote unquote cover it. So um, yeah, so that it, it's, it, it's a big, it's a big deal in these parts. It's a big deal in these parts. 
Let's go, Tommies. Oh. Is the real name? Yes, it's the St. John Johnnies and the St. Thomas Tommies. <laughs> oh, I wish MLS had some good, better nicknames. That That's great. That's great, Mark. Sounders is a great nickname. Sounders is great. Just drop the Seattle and just be called Sounders FC. All right, let's get this train back on track, fellas. Huh? What do you say? It's the cougar with the Let's cougar. talk about our contenders. Yes, and pretenders. yes. Listeners, question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Contenders and pretenders in the Western Conference behind LAFC. As we all know, seating in the West, LAFC are number one, Seattle two, RSL three, United four, Galaxy five, Timbers six, and rounding out the Western Conference playoff picture is FC Dallas. Now, Armand, let's start with the Sounders. Give us your thoughts on the Sounders. Are they pretenders? Are they contenders? So, Jake, I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. I don't know. I honestly am really torn on the Sounders because, plain and simply, uh, their record against teams that have made the Western Conference playoffs is 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. So they've gone straight up. They've won four, they've tied four, and they lost four. You go through it, they've squeaked out a lot of their wins by just a goal. I think 12 of 16, their 16 wins, have been 1-0 or by a one-goal margin, which is pretty ridiculous. And sure, Schmetter's a good coach, but they remember we talked about they don't have that firepower that they kind of had. Uh, they were struggling in the middle of the season. They kind of turned it around. But overall, I'm not really sold on them being specifically a contender. And I know that's weird, but I feel like They're they just kind of— inconsistent. You know, yeah, exactly. That's a perfect word. They they, just, they kind of just go and then they don't go and then it's like, well, who's where's the real uh, sounders? Like stand up. Okay. Okay. Well, let me give you this, Armand. Let me give you this. Let me counter you here because you we're talking about they're too inconsistent. They're too inconsistent. For me, Seattle. They're battle tested. Morris, Torres, Fry. All these guys. They've been there. I. That's such an Torres. overrated. Hold on, thought. I hate that in sports. Oh, they got experience. Big yeah, well, effing mm-hmm. deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll remember that in about two months here when we're talking about the Patriots and their playoff push. <laughs> uh, Torres, back from suspension at the end of the year. Big shot in the arm defensively. And I think after LAFC, I think that the team no one wants to play. I think any team going into CenturyLink Field is going to have a tough time. And, and my thing for me is, and I think, Armand, you've echoed my thoughts, or not my thoughts, but what I'm thinking in a way that I almost feel like the Sounders are being overlooked in the Western Conference. I think, especially on this podcast, we instantly go, it's LAFC number one and then Galaxy number two. And, and my thing is, you talked about inconsistency. You talked about, is this team good or not? Since dropping points, to 10-man LA Galaxy on August 18th, the game when they uh, tied 2-2. The Sounders have gone five wins, two losses, one draw. That's a great run of form heading into the playoffs. And you get an FC Dallas team inexperienced, and then from there, you get RSL or the Timbers. I mean, come on. It seems like, like the Sounders have a the path already carved out to the Western Conference Final. Jake, my problem with the Sounders is that they're too inconsistent and they some they're somewhat leaky at the back. They're fifth in the Western Conference when it comes to goals allowed. And 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 the experience thing is 
I, I don't know where to, to place that. Did, we're into a new type of MLS playoffs. It's one and done. You have 90 minutes to go out there and prove your point. You know, Stephen, you talked about being leaky in the back. The loss of Chad Marshall is huge. Uh, losing him midseason. And their center back play has been a little bit more inconsistent with Kim Kihi and Ariega uh, at the back. I mean, Jake, you talked about adding Roman Torres. That might help. But, I mean, Torres isn't – We'll. I don't know if he's match fit. Uh, you know, He's fresh. He's, to, he's fresh. He, he's <laughs> fresh, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's match fit uh, in order to go maybe against a guy uh, like – the uh, like Zindinik Andrasik of FC Dallas, who's on red hot form right now, who can occupy that space. Uh, I'm concerned about their defense because offensively, we know they can hit teams on the break, especially with the Jordan Morris, the Lodero, if Rui Diaz gets hot. But right now, I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on them being a contender just yet, but they might prove me wrong and smack FC Dallas 8 0 and them sitting there looking like an idiot. So, well, they also play FC Dallas. And we'll talk about FC Dallas here in a moment. But guys, FC Dallas is historically terrible at CenturyLink. In fact, their last win in Seattle was in 2011. They have a 1-9-2 record all time. So it seems historically that the Sounders will get past FC Dallas. The question is, what is Seattle's ceiling? And based on the what we've just presented, it is up in the air. It's a coin flip. Would any of us be surprised if they're in the Western Conference Finals? No. Would we be shocked if they went around and then they're out? No. So this is the problem with the Western Conference. After LAFC, it's really flavor of the week or flavor of the weekend, depending on the matchups and the action on the field. Anyway, let's move on. Let's continue this. Let's talk about FC Dallas. And listeners, join us. Question of the day. Contenders or pretenders after LAFC in the West? Dallas does travel to Seattle, as we just mentioned. Uh, Guys, plain and simple, I'm sorry, but FC Dallas is a pretender. There is no chance. Just mentioned how awful they are at CenturyLink with a 1-9-2 record all time. Moreover, they're 3-11-3. This season on the road, they posted a really good home record. That's the reason why they're in the playoffs. But on the road, no chance. Armand, you are obviously the guy when it comes to FC Dallas in America. Pretenders or contenders? They wouldn't be contenders. However, I'm not going to write them off or pulling an upset. I think they can make things interesting. But I'm not I'm not sold on them being a contender in any way. Uh, right now, I mean, and many experts are talking about this game being the most lopsided out of any of the first-round matchups, that even more than the Revolution and Atlanta United. I mean, looking at uh, their situation, they're not good on the road. We talk about they get smacked around. When they lose, they lose really badly. Uh, they're getting goals from, I mentioned earlier, Zendinik Andrasik, who actually beat England uh, with a goal late on. But I'm not sure if they can really handle the road, and I don't know what kind of football they're going to play. Uh, I mentioned this on another pod, that they're actually closing practice this week, so I'm thinking they're going to come with a specific plan to try and knock off Seattle. But, I'm again, I'm not sold on them being contenders uh, in any way. I mean, it would be a stunning upset, I think, if they knock off Seattle. However, I think they go in with playing with they have nothing to lose, 
they might actually have a chance. Because, uh, I mean, they, they beat Seattle at home, and they also drew them on the road. And I thought they had a chance to beat them when they were on the road, but Come they didn't on, take advantage of it, and they kind of settled for a draw. 9-2 record at Seattle in the regular season all time. Right, right, right. But that's but one of those two happened this year. So uh, I agree. Like, I, I would be stunned if it happened, but I'm not Moreover, Moreover, you know what Dallas's record is in Seattle in the playoffs? 0-2-1. Remember, remember it was 2016? FC Dallas had a chance to win the treble. They go up to da- uh, Seattle and have a just an absolute meltdown. In that first game. Seattle's not a kind place for FC Dallas. Steven, read me the regular season record again for FC Dallas in C- against the Seattle Sounders since 2011. Read that back to me. One, nine, and two. Now, read again the record against the Sounders in the playoffs. Oh, two, and one. They're due. We're all sleeping on the FC Dallas. I oh, get my it. God. Century when League are you Field. Mr. Positive? Since when did you turn Century into Mr. Link, Positive? CenturyLink Field has been a house of horrors for FC Dallas. I actually think FC Dallas has been a really nice story in this year in MLS. They lose Oscar Perea to Tijuana. We all sit here and go, oh, man, is Luchi Gonzalez going to be able to lead this team into the playoffs? Some people pick them to finish outside uh, of the playoffs looking in. I'm not sure, Armand, what your prediction was for FC Dallas. I thought they'd be a playoff team this year. I'm not sure about you or Steven. But I think Dallas goes into goes into, into Seattle. They realize they're seventh in the West, and they say, hey, we got nothing to lose here. We took four of six points from this team during this season. And I think FC Dallas, high off of their 6-0 win against SKC, Goes into Seattle with a little swagger, not saying they're going to win, but they go in there, they play loose, and I think they give Seattle a match. And I think the one thing that will screw over FC Dallas is Dallas's inexperience in the playoffs. I think that could rear its ugly head. I'm just saying, I'm not sleeping on Dallas. if, 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 If we crack the mic... Sunday night or Monday night, whenever we decide to record next week, and we're sitting here and we're saying, oh, look at this, FC Dallas, it's a trip to Portland, or FC Dallas, it's a trip to Real Salt Lake next week. Jake, we'll I'm make gonna, we'll I'm, make I'm, a I'm wager off the mic. There's no, no chance no, no, no. that Dallas Jake is in, beats Seattle. Jake, this is, here, here's the thing. I have one that I'm so bad at predictions that now I know, because I've spoken this positivity in the air, that FC Dallas can lose 7-0 to Seattle this week. Oh, so good. we're not Let's doing anything. Let's take it any... to the bank. Let's take it to the bank. <laughs> no. Well, Seattle host FC Dallas 3.30 Eastern on Saturday. Then you got RSL v. Portland 10 p.m. Eastern time. Let's talk about that matchup. Uh, guys, pretenders and contenders at Unksam Soccer Pod. Question of the day. We want to hear it. Guys, RSL, big, emphatic. Nope. Uh, simple. RSL is 1-9-2 and two with a minus 9 goal differential against Western playoff teams. There is absolutely no shot that they beat Portland. So I'm going to have to be that guy. I think RSL is spooky. Like, they're a okay, very elaborate, spooky Okay, elaborate, elaborate, elaborate. Because well, I, yeah, well, I well, agree well, with Steven. Yeah, I know. You guys both are, are riding off RSL. And sure, uh, they're playing under a 
I guess not even first year head coach, an interim head coach in Freddie Wise. They have been playing fun uh, soccer. And you know what? I know they dropped points or they dropped the game to the Galaxy uh, a couple weeks ago. But I mean, looking at their offensive weapons, I mean, Jake, you, you, I see it in the notes. You mentioned Rusnak, Jefferson Savarino, even Corey Baird. Uh, the team overall, they're not necessarily bad, right? Like, they're not like a bad team. They're a team full of fun parts, and if all those parts come together, they can really pull off something really well, and they can give it, you know, have teams run for their money. I mean, we saw what they did against LAFC last year, and you could say they're, they're playing right now at least better under Freddie Juarez than they have under Mike Petsky. Sure, maybe that inexperience from Juarez might come back to haunt them, but they're a third seed in, in a pretty good spot right now. I mean, people thought RSL would flounder after losing Petsky, but they've been just fine. And you know what? I... If all those pieces come alive, I think they can be contenders. I think they can beat Portland, and they can beat. And I think they have the potential because they have beat Seattle. I think they beat them three or four earlier this year, uh, and they have beat these teams. And you know what? I think they can do it. If, if say Dallas knocks off, uh, you know, Seattle, which probably won't happen, I would have RSL being that team that could knock off F Dallas. And I think they can beat Seattle too. I think they can. I, I. I'm not like saying they're gonna win MLS Cup, but I think they can make a run to Western Conference Finals, and I wouldn't be surprised. Armand, I'm sorry, but when you have post a one nine and two with a minus nine goal differential against Western Conference playoff teams, it just doesn't void well. Sure, sure, you can say it's a new season, everyone's O and O, blah blah blah. Experience this, experience that, but RSL have to sit there and go like, crap, we can't beat any of these teams. That's just going to, I think, come back and haunt them. I think they just have a track record of not succeeding against these Western Conference playoff teams. Now, on the flip side, let's talk about Portland. Um, Jake, you've been going on and on about Portland of what the hell are they? So, are they a contender or pretender this postseason? Uh, real quick on RSL before we touch on Portland, I just want to say I think RSL are bigger pretenders than FC Dallas. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. On to Portland. Wow. Wow is right. Wow is right. Portland. I think Portland is like the trickiest team to figure out in MLS. I don't get I why this team is, I don't, I don't even know if mediocre is the right word, but I don't understand why this team isn't better. This roster is stacked with talent. Can I, can I touch on that for a second? Because I think sure. a good way of understanding is, do you know their away record is six, eight, and three? It's actually not that bad when you compare it to other Western Conference teams. It's actually uh, one more win than Seattle, Minnesota, the Galaxy. Two more wins than RSL on the road. Okay, they're only two wins behind LAFC. But what has killed Portland is their home record. Do you know how many wins they have at home this season? Eight. Eight. Yeah, you're right. But that is one, two, three fewer than the Sounders, RSL, Minnesota. So it, it wasn't their form away from uh, Providence Park. They they would be playing at home if it weren't for their crappy home record compared to other Western Conference playoff teams. I'll say this. They don't have Brian Fernandez. He's uh, in his uh, substance abuse, uh, in their in the MLS substance abuse program. 
I don't know. If we, don't, we don't know if that was Diego Valeri. We were shocked when we saw him not in the starting 11 or 18 uh, in their decision day match against San Jose. Do they even know how to play on the road? They played like 90% of their last games uh, at at home. And like that could be a, 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 a little bit of an issue. Overall, Jake hit the hammer on the head. This team should be up there in MLS and something is just not working. I don't know exactly what it is, but talent-wise, they have it. I, I, I don't I can't really pinpoint what it is because I feel like they've just lost a bunch of dumb games or drawn a bunch of just like weird games to draw. And I mean, my lit, my litmus test personally is when they play FC Dallas and they didn't really play well against FC Dallas, even at home. And it's like, okay, like what's wrong with this team? The team should be better. They spent $10 million on a forward. I think people figured out Brian Fernandez. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen to be honest because they're a little bit of a wild card. Pretenders or contenders? Sorry, Armand. God. I think you have to... I mean, like, the run of form, like, they're not... They haven't been great to close out the season, but the talent alone makes me think, well, if the sleeping giant wakes up, they're definitely contenders. One thing, we're hammering this road record. They've only played two road matches since August 4th. And in those two matches, a 1-0 loss to Minnesota and a 2-2 draw at SKC. We talk about the road record, but this team has not really been road tested the final two matches of the season. And that makes me question if this team can get it done when well, it matters. I, I, maybe, maybe playing on the road is better for Portland. They're away from it, the pressure yeah, of the fans. It might be. It might be. But when the intensity is cranked up and you're on the road towards the end of the season in MLS, the, the the Timbers didn't do it. They didn't. They weren't on the road. They were at Providence Park. So it sure. It but what I'm saying is, to say like, they, well, can they get a result against RSL? Yeah, but my point being is, Portland's away from home. They can focus. They don't have the fans. They know their backs against the wall. It, I, I'm thinking this is a coin flip. I'm assuming this is a coin flip of a matchup. So. Portland have nothing to lose, and if they win this, nobody's surprised. If they lose this, then it's just, well, they get on with their offseason. Well, Steven, we will have to wait and see, I guess, how the Timbers fare against RSL this week. And listeners, as a reminder, question of the day, contenders and pretenders in the Western Conference behind LAFC, and two teams that are behind LFC, and one that has been a major thorn in their side has been LA Galaxy and one thing we've harped Steven on the show since LAFC have joined MLS is when they play the Galaxy the Galaxy always seem to be able to rise to the occasion and will we see that come this Sunday they play Minnesota United 7.30 7.30 or 8.30 Eastern on ESPN. Will Zlatan and co. roll into Minnesota and get a result? The Los Angeles Galaxy are contenders in the Western Conference. They have the superstars. They have a successful record against Western Conference playoff teams. Go back to last week. I mentioned it there. They score goals. It's just whether or not they could be mediocre in the back. If they're mediocre with that back four and defensively, watch out MLS because the Galaxy could go pretty damn far. 
And Ypres is on a mission to prove everyone wrong. And I, the league has to be praying for an El Trafico playoff game. But overall, the Galaxy can beat Minnesota United. And they are contenders in the Western Conference. I really can't believe I'm saying this after the meltdown. The Gal- well, not the meltdown, but the two games the Galaxy have had over the last couple of weeks. But yes, they're contenders. Uh, they're LAFC's worst nightmare, I'll say. But to get to LAFC, they have to beat Minnesota United. And I think they can. I think, again, we, we harp on this a lot, but it just shows how good uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is. That I think just him alone and the performances he he's had against LAFC have kind of shown that he can take over games and he can make up for the team being bad defensively and just take over. Uh, Steven's right. Even if they're mediocre, they were terrible last two games. If they're mediocre, I think we're, I think they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, but it, it all depends on that defense. If that defense gets together, you know what? They are. They are contenders. Uh, and I think they, they, can, I can actually, they can actually be a lot of fun in the Western Conference. Yeah, we all kind of are echoing the same sentiment here. This team is only going to go as far as Laton, Pavone, and Dos Santos take him. We've all talked about the issues at the back. Very well known. I think the one thing the Galaxy have going for them right now is they have this week off between the regular season and postseason. Scalotto has this international window to try to figure things out and try to fix things at the back for the Galaxy. And I will say this. The one thing the Galaxy have going for them when we talk about defensive issues is the one thing they have going for them heading into this match against Minnesota United on Sunday night is Minnesota United has only scored six goals in their last six matches. You talk about a team that struggles to keep the ball out of the net. Minnesota United might be the team that LA Galaxy might want to play the most in their first round matchup. So, are you saying that Minnesota United are pretenders? No, I am not saying Minnesota United are pretenders. You can see it on the Google Doc here. It's a prophetic yes in all caps. This team has proven already this year that it can compete in tournament football. They made their run to the Open Cup final, losing to Atlanta United. I think Minnesota United has shown they can hang with the big dogs in the Western Conference including LAFC as they beat them 2-0 at Bank of California Stadium in early September. Just, On the flip just, side, wait, just wait for Adrian Heath to make a decision about the starting 11 and cost I, uh, you guys silverware. That, that's what happened the in the U.S. Open Cup final. Adrian Heath decided, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win 0-0. And what did he learn? You don't win football games 0-0. Yeah, but LA Galaxy isn't a teammate to worry about with all... I mean, like, LA Galaxy isn't Atlanta United. LA Galaxy isn't LAFC. I don't look at LA Galaxy and, like, oh, my God, I'm Ibra, so scared. They have all these... You don't, you're, yeah. you're not afraid of Ebro. Here's the thing. No, I'm not, because the entire Galaxy offense is basically... Pre- or attack is basically predicated on getting balls uh, to Ibrahimovic, and it becomes kind of predictable. Maybe with Pavone, it's a new wrinkle, but I will say that the one thing the Galaxy have going for them on top of the six goals scored by Minnesota United over the six matches is that Minnesota United has never beaten the Galaxy since joining MLS. You talk about Adrian Heath's uh, coaching and management in MLS. You talk about the U.S. Open Cup with the lineup. I don't think 
Heath has been as bad as he's been the last two seasons with decision-making. Sure, the Open Cup was a head-scratcher for me, but I don't think he has many options going into this game. I think that Minnesota United know what their starting 11 is going to be, and I don't think he's going to outthink himself here. Like I said, they're not playing LAFC. They're not going to be overmatched with uh, attacking players like you would with a Diego Rossi and a Carlos Vela and uh, a Teeth Blessing at to West. I can go on and on with LAFC here. Brian Fernandez. I mean, the list goes on and on. I, I just don't see that with LA Galaxy. You have Dos Santos, you have Ibrahimovic, you have Pavone. And then it really just kind of falls off after that. The LA Galaxy are a three-man show. Do I think they're contenders? Yes, but I only think they can go as far as those three men I just named can take them. Yeah, I think this I'll, is the best this is the best game of the weekend, guys. I agree. I agree. I think this is going to be a, this could be a really open game. Uh if though if Minnesota United likes to attack uh the Galaxy and the Galaxy, you know, obviously want to go attack as well. I mean, I don't think either team has really impressive tactical prowess for lack of a better word. Uh, the one thing I think Matt Doyle or Bobby Warshaw said is uh, you, Manchester United really like grit. Like they're kind of like a grit and grind team. They'll like they'll like make sure that you can beat yourself. And you know what? The Galaxy are the king of beating themselves. Look at the last two games; they've been terrible defensively. So I think they have a chance. But again, I'm I'm not sold on Adrian Heath, man. Like Jake knows, I'm not a huge fan of Adrian Heath. And look, the, it, it it took for them two great seasons from Ico Parra. And Vito Manone, uh, you know, they've been two great players in defense, so maybe they can stop Zlatan. But I'm just not sold on Adrian Heath, and I feel like hopefully he doesn't come to the game too conservative, but I'm just not sold on him coaching. And, you know, sure, he's beaten LAF or he's done well against LAFC, uh, but I, I, I'm not sold on them being uh, contenders just yet. I think they might need a couple more pieces before I can call them a contender uh, in the Western Conference. That's fair. Listeners, join us at Unksam Soccer Pod. We want to hear your thoughts. Question of the day. Contenders or pretenders. Who in the Western Conference is and isn't? Now, fellas, we haven't mentioned much of LAFC, and I guess the real big question for them is, can they go on to win MLS Cup? And historically speaking, the best team in MLS regular season actually hasn't gone on to win MLS Cup. They had the best ever MLS season with 72 points. But, guys, since 2010, there's only been two teams to have won the Supporters' Shield and gone on to win MLS Cup. Those two teams in 2017, Toronto FC, and you have to go back to 2011 with the Los Angeles Galaxy. New York Red Bulls last year lost in the conference finals versus Atlanta. And in 2016, Dallas losing to Seattle in the conference semifinals. So, fellas, LFC are on a bye. We all know it's MLS Cup or bust. But are you taking LFC or are you taking the field? I'm taking LAFC. Uh, I, like I said, I struggle to find a contender out of these guys out of the other uh, six teams of Western Conference. I think LAFC is really up there. Obviously, the one-off things can change, and especially the Galaxy can challenge uh, LAFC in the Western Conference semifinal. But I really think that LAFC are pretty determined, especially after Galaxy. You know, getting no points in the Galaxy is rough. I think you know, even if they play Minnesota United, 
they have the same motive right there. Again, no points against Minnesota United. I think Bob Bradley comes out with a plan to go from the attack. I have LFC. I would pick LFC to go to MLS Cup. I I wouldn't see it any other way. If we're talking in the Western Conference, if I'm taking the field or LAFC, I'm taking LAFC. Now, if we're talking all of MLS Cup playoffs, well, listeners, you have to stick around and wait for that <laughs> answer at a later episode. So... That's it for today's that's, show. That's a professional tease right there. That's right. That's what we do on this show. We we tease professionally. You can follow the show on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. Question of the day, who are the contenders and pretenders in the Western Conference behind LAFC? Keep your eyes out. We will have our Eastern Conference MLS Cup preview later on this week. You can follow Stephen Jodoran at Stephen Jodoran, and you can follow Armand Kafai and his spicy FC Dallas takes at Armand Kafai. And you can follow myself at Jake Petroba for Armand and Stephen. I'm Jake. We'll talk to you later this week. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.